Put the suckers works out, man, it's time to drink. You know, all I need is some afterward drinks. This is how we do when the week is Welcome to the After Work Drinks Podcast. Here are your hosts. The madness of March is upon us. Thank you for tuning in via your vehicle of choice, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or our host, SoundCloud. Uh, we appreciate it very much. I, of course, am your host, Pooch, and we have plenty to talk about this episode. We've got a big drinking holiday in St. Patty's Day coming up, and we're also dropping this episode just in time for International Women's Day, which doubles in the industry as Women's Brew Day. You'll hear more about that in just a couple of minutes during What's Hoppin', as well as later on during our featured interview in Here's to You with an awesome head brewer in her own right as I jump on the phone and get nerdy with Alex Kostka of Culture Brewing Company in beautiful San Diego. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. Whoa, watch your damn mouth, Burgundy. Jesus Christ. Apologies for Ron, our new intern. Actually, he'll, he'll probably fit right in, but uh, can, can we try that again? It's a fact. It's the greatest city in the history of mankind. <laughs> <laughs> Discovered by the Germans in 1904, they named it San Diego, which of course in German means a whale's vagina. Thank you, Ron. Thank you. Much better. Much better. <laughs> anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah. In Pints Up, Pints Down a little bit later on, my friend Danny and I sample a couple offerings at Vice District Brewing. And lastly, something really cool that we've been doing recently is the 2019 AWD Craft Madness Tournament. The contest started on February 17th with 32 of Chicagoland's best breweries, including Goose Island, Alarmist, Beguile, Dovetail, Workforce, Buckle Down, Pollyanna, Mars, Two Brothers, On Tour, Five Rabbit, Solemn Oath, Moody Tongue, Pipeworks, Migraine, the aforementioned Vice District, Revolution, Ailman, Open Outcry, Horse Thief Hollow, Off Color, Maplewood, Noon Whistle, Hailstorm, Half Acre, Empirical, Skeleton Key, Sound Growler, Spiteful, Imperial Oak, Lake Effect, and Miskatonic. Now, there's a lot of awesome breweries that weren't on that list this year, and, and we know uh, it was very difficult to narrow down the field to 32, but don't worry. Uh, we've heard your feedback. Uh, a lot of people want to see their favorite brewery in it next year, so we've already got a running list of fresh faces, new breweries that we would like to place on the bracket next year in 2020's competition. The fact that there are so many breweries that were passionate about, like, hey, please include us next year. We would love to participate. Uh, that bodes really well. I think we'll have an even stronger field, and we'll also have a lot of fresh faces because of that. So look out, breweries. If you were a bottom performer this year, there's a lot of people chomping at the bit that are looking to take your place. So uh, we'll see. We're going to shake things up in 2020. But in regards to this year's competition, as of this episode's publish date, we are smack dab in the middle of our Elite Eight, and we are voting to narrow down to our final four. The contest as a whole runs through March 23rd. The winner will be named on the 24th, and they will be featured and celebrated on the April edition of the After Work Drinks podcast. You can vote in the polls on our Facebook and Twitter pages, our Facebook is at AWD Podcast. Our Twitter handle is at AWD Pod. You can also follow the bracket results on our Instagram at AWD Podcast and our Snapchat 
after work drinks. The response has been overwhelming so far, so please keep it going and continue to support your favorite local breweries. Now let's get ready for the lowdown on the month of March. Want to get in touch with the show? Email us at awdpodcast at gmail.com. It's time for all the latest news and events. What's going on? This is What's Happened. March 8th is International Women's Day. And on top of that, many establishments are celebrating International Women's Brew Day. As the name implies, there are women gathering all across the globe to collaborate on brewing a beer together. One of the most high-profile organizations is the Pink Boots Society, which was born from its members' desire to take part in International Women's Day by raising the profile of women's roles in the beer industry. Chapters and members of the organization get together along with supporting breweries and individuals, put on their pink boots, and brew their chosen beer style. Pink Boots Society splits proceeds from sales of this collaboration brew with participating chapters. The revenue is applied to educational scholarships and programming for its members. As the Pink Boots logo states, they are assisting, inspiring, and encouraging women beer professionals through education. They most certainly are, and from what I've seen online, some breweries actually kicked off their Women's Brew Day early, others waited until the actual day of March 8th to begin, so the best way to find out when the fruits of that labor will be ready for consumption is to visit the website of any participating breweries in your area. And of course, AWD would like to extend a cheers to every single woman who participated in this year's event. And for the first time in a generation, Chicago-made bottles of Malort have been released, marking a homecoming for the bitter booze we love to hate. You may know that the Carl Jepsen Company had been making Malort in Florida for the past 30 years. Then, CH Distillery, the spirits maker headquartered in the East Pilsen neighborhood, bought the company last September. Though CH acquired the secret recipe to Jepson's Malort in the sale, after countless recipe tests to make the iconic liquor itself, the distillery decided not to use one of the ingredients. Sometime in the 70s, for some reason, they started adding artificial coloring, said CH distillery owner and head distiller Tremaine Atkinson. We didn't think it needed it, so we're not using that. There's no added color. Instead, the CH distillery made Malort Mayhew closer to the original recipe of Swedish immigrant Carl Jepson who created what he called a homemade medicinal drink during 1930s Prohibition. This year, CH will inflict Malort upon four new markets, Milwaukee, Madison, Indianapolis, and Kansas City. Chicago area stores, for now, will likely still be selling the final bottles from Florida, where production has ended. At the moment, the only place you can definitely find locally made Malort is the CH Distillery Tasting Room on Randolph Street in the West Loop Gate neighborhood. If you're wondering about the origin, check the back label. To read the full article on this story, please visit chicagotribune.com. As for local events this month, we'll give you a couple of the higher-profile St. Patrick's Day celebrations in the Chicagoland area. Imperial Oak Brewing wants you to join them March 15th, 16th, and 17th for their three-day St. Patrick's celebration. They will once again have their commemorative 20-ounce logo glass for $8 with a fill. The glass can be refilled with any of their 16-ounce beers all weekend long. They'll also have Irish music, 
Irish dancers, Irish-themed beer infusions, and food trucks on their premises. Last but certainly not least is the release of Barrel-Aged Utter Madness Imperial Milk Stout. There will even be an Irish coffee version infused with coffee, cocoa, and vanilla. Both versions will be available on draft starting Friday the 15th and available in two packs of 12-ounce cans on Saturday the 16th. Check imperialoakbrewing.com for the schedule and full details. And if you really want to get close to the action, you can join the Beverly Arts Planning Association for the best views of the Southside Irish Parade at a private viewing party on the rooftop of Open Outcry Brewing Company. That, of course, will take place on Sunday, March 17th, St. Paddy's Day proper, from 10.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. It's $75 for BAPA members and $85 for non-members. Tickets include food, live Irish music, two free drinks, and drink specials. Space is limited, so get your tickets today. You can do so by going to www.bapa.org. That's going to do it for this edition of What's Hoppin', but stay tuned, there is still plenty more to come, including my featured interview with Alex Kostka, the head brewer of Culture Brewing Company in sunny San Diego. But up next, it's our Pints Up, Pints Down segment. This session was recorded live at Vice District Brewing, so keep your ears glued, you don't want to miss it. For all the latest news and events, visit our page at twitter.com slash awdpod. And once you're there, make sure you never miss a tweet. Follow our Twitter handle at awdpod. Pints up. Cheers. Oh my God, it's so good. It's amazing. Or pints down. This is terrible. Did I do something wrong? Are you mad at me? All right, Pooch here, After Work Drinks Podcast, and I am broadcasting from Vice District Brewing, the flagship location on Michigan Avenue, and going to review a couple beers here for Pints Up, Pints Down. I'm sitting with my good friend, Danny. Danny, say hello. Hi. So I used to work with Danny and have been friends with her for a long, 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 long time since, and uh, she does enjoy a good beer, so uh, she's also better with words. I feel like she's... (laughs) That's a stretch. That might be a stretch, but okay. So I think she's a little more eloquent with me. If you ever listen to me on this podcast, you hear me say that I'm I'm not the best with, like, descriptors when I'm trying to, like, get into detail about, like, the characteristics of these beers. So maybe you'll do better than me. Um, We've got a good crowd in here. Here's some banter in the background. We've got some music on. And a lot of puppies are in here. So uh, even though my nickname Pooch has nothing to do with puppies, I'm I'm actually allergic to dogs. Don't tell anyone. Are you serious? I am serious. It's sad, isn't it? Oh my god! How do? We, how is that never anything that you shared before? I don't know. I guess because when we worked together, didn't dogs weren't allowed. Didn't you pet one? I oh mean, no, yes. I'll, I'll, pet, I'll pet a dog, but I oh mean, I just can't really like have a dog. I play with other people's dogs. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know. Can we get the dogs reviews? Can we get them like a little doggy bowl of beer? Or is that not good for dogs? I just read the other day about um, a brewery that was open. I don't think it's here in Illinois, but they serve like a dog-friendly beer and bowls for the dogs. And you can just chill. There's like a backyard area to the bar where you can bring them and they actually have like a pet-friendly beer. 
that they serve when you bring the dogs in. I think I actually may have read something similar to that. Now that you mention it, that's ringing a bell. Yeah. So just like you can get a pup cup at Starbucks, I guess you can get a pup of beer. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get into these reviews here. The dogs can watch. They're very well behaved. Maybe we'll get their opinion like one bark or two for yes and no on the beers. Maybe we could do that in a minute. But uh, let's start with yours. So we're sitting here at Vice District, and you had the wee little Scottish ale. Uh, we've got the description of it here on the Untapped app, which I like to use. It's uh, it's helpful because as, as I've said, I'm not the most eloquent with my uh, my words. They weren't either with this description. It's probably the shortest description that. Yeah. So their description. The their description just says a lighter, drinkable Scottish ale. But that's straight and to the point because uh, I mean that is exactly what it is. Uh, other descriptors that they have on here, they say it's malty, refreshing, light, and sweet. Uh, I tried a taste of it. I agree. It's very light, very drinkable. I think if you were uh, uh, warmer weather, you could crush a bunch of these, do a little backyard barbecue action, or just uh, sitting out on the patio. It would be one of those things that won't get you wasted right away. It's not too strong. Yeah. Uh, goes down easy. What, what did you think of it? It's also not too sweet, which is one of the things that I look for um, in beers. I One of the things that I dislike about large amounts of grain alcohol or mixed drinks is that when things are flavored, there's that strong aftertaste, so that sweetness usually plays a huge part in your hangover. <laughs> <laughs> the next day, um, and I am I am a beer girl. I can do five or six on a good night. So um, something that I'm not still going to be aware of later is really important to me. And the taste on this is super light, um, which is funny because they actually describe it as light and heavy, which I've sort of weird. There is <laughs> Heavy in the front, light in the back. I, I don't know. Yes, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's nice and crisp, which I like. There's really subtle citrus notes in it. I know people typically look for that um, in lighter ales, but for me, it's not a huge factor. So I, it's super mellow, which I really like. So. And I think uh, the percentage on here is uh, 4.1, uh, 17 IBU. So, I mean, we're not we're not talking about anything that's going to get you messed up. Uh, I think it's definitely something you can sip on uh, for long periods of time. Um, it's a nice beer to have on, like, a lunch hour. Yeah. If you're, if you're into that thing, drinking while you're on lunch and then going back to work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is the best possible recommendation ever. You'll definitely be functional after this, but um, sometimes you still want the the taste of it without having the high alcohol content, and I think that's one of the appeals of this one. Yeah, so so one thing with this segment is I, I don't think I personally have ever given a pints down to anything. I like to feel like I... <laughs> I feel like I pre-scout like where I go. I don't go to like places that suck on purpose, you know. Like so, um, maybe there's de different degrees of how high up my pint is when I say pints up, pints down. Um, but I personally like for the reasons you just mentioned, it's it's not going to get you drunk quick. You can have it with a meal, like with people, and and just very casual. But you could also like go ahead and like have a whole day drink party type thing, and also not get messed up right away, but still have a really refreshing, tasty beer that you can barbecue and just chill with all day. So I personally, I'm going to give this one a, a pints up. How about yourself? I'm definitely going to give this one a pints up. Excellent. So positive reviews on that one. Uh, let's shift over to the one that I have over here in my hand, the Southtown Small. Uh, and that one is a porter. And this one actually has a little bit more of a, a detailed description, which is, is good. Uh, this guy over here 
is a 5.5% uh, ABV, 24 IBU. So we're talking a little bit stronger. It's a porter, a little bit heavier feel, but still very drinkable for a porter. Uh, it is described on the Untapped app as a roasted malt and caramel flavor dominating the nose and taste. This porter finishes with a dry maltiness, and they added a bit of molasses to enhance the flavor and complexity. Uh, some adjectives they throw at you, roasty, coffee, smooth, dark, molasses. Uh, agree with all the descriptors. Uh, definitely has that like dry malty finish at the end, uh, as a lot of porters do. But uh, again, uh, drinkability. Like if I was just looking for like something to knock my socks off, like amazing flavor. Um, a lot of times I give those high ratings, but it's not something I can have too many of because I'll be on the floor uh, or certainly feeling a hangover later. Uh, this is a porter that I, I've almost had my whole beer already. I don't get that like heavy on the gut feeling like I just ate Thanksgiving dinner, so I don't feel bloated. Um, for a dark beer, a lot of dark beers do that to me. I could drink a lot of these and, and still feel okay. It is very smooth, goes down easy. Uh, you had a taste of it. What did you think? I actually like it. You can actually, um, one of the things that I do with my friends get on me about all the time is that I actually smell the beer before I drink it, um, which apparently is not common with most beer drinkers, but whatever. It's because um, we also drink wine, so we're just carrying right? it over. So it's just kind of a habit, um, and the caramel notes are probably definitely the strongest, which is interesting because usually you pick up the coffee notes first. Um, it also kind of resembles Pepsi in the glass, which is kind of cool. This one has a higher... It's kind of cool because you're like, I could take this in a, a cup and walk down the street and no one's going to know. Be like, exactly. officer, I'm sipping some flat Pepsi here. Exactly. That's it. It's just a flat pop. I'm fine. Um, yeah, this one was actually really, really good. It sort of mildly reminds me of a Guinness. Not in... Um, it's not as heavy or syrupy as Guinness is, but I tend to be a fan of darker brews like porters and, and, um, and stouts. So this is like a nice in-between. It's not quite as heavy or as thick or as syrupy as a stout, but still pretty pretty good. So we're going to go pints up on my end. Is it another pints up for you? Sure, pints up on me too. All right, so uh, two fantastic beers that are here at Vice District Brewing on Michigan Ave. This is the flagship location. Uh, a few months back, they opened a location in Homewood. I have not made it out to that location yet. Uh, from what I've seen online, though, it's bigger. has a, a really cool, unique feel to it as well, so I can't wait to go and try that out. Uh, of course, you can find Vice District online. You can find them on social media. They got the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram, and uh, and we've got the puppies here. So we're gonna we're gonna go back to petting them. Uh, me lightly. I can't get all sneezy and red-eyed here, but you can just you can dive right in and do your <laughs> and do your thing. And uh, another Danny featured on the podcast. So we're gonna everybody has to have a unique name. So we have a Danielle. Now we have a Danny that's been on the show. If I have a guy named Dan, and then I don't know other offshoots like uh, we could we could have a, we have room for a Daniela that hasn't been done yet but we're, we're running out of Dan uh, male and female Dan Danny Danielle variant so so get into the podcast while you can because I, I don't know what we do after that people got to start going by nicknames or we're gonna have like Danny one Danny two uh, tall Danny short Dan I don't know we're gonna have to get I don't want to get that that detailed about it but uh, happy to have Danny here on the show uh, and I think uh, she was very fair with her reviews and oh that's, so uh, oh, that's a really bad that's bad so joke bad. that's a bad joke that's a bad joke it's a bad joke because her last name's fair 
And she had fair you reviews. Were doing so well. I was You're doing, doing so well up until that. I was, and then I just had to let the cheesy joke come out. It's my nature. But uh, super happy to sit down with a friend, have a couple of beers, and review them here. And uh, cheers. And uh, we'll throw it back more on the After Work Drinks podcast. Stay tuned. My Instagram's weak as fuck. Instagram's weak as Cheese. Want to see what the guys are drinking, where they're drinking it, and who they're drinking it with? Visit them at Instagram.com slash AWD podcast. That's right. Let us know what you're drinking and tell us which breweries, wineries, and distilleries you think we should visit next. Follow us today at AWD Podcast. It's time for our featured interview. It's a celebration. So raise your glasses. Here's to you. All right, this is Pooch here with the After Work Drinks Podcast, and I am currently on the line with the head brewer, at Culture Brewing Company in sunny California, Alex Kostka. Alex, how are you doing today? Woo! What's up, man? Um, <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good. It's a beautiful day, but, you know, I think it's a, a little bit nicer out there by you. What are, what are the temps like right now? Oh, man, it's like a rough 60 degrees right now. It's, you know, a struggle city. I have to wear, like, a zip-up hoodie. Yeah, it's uh, it's real. It's, uh, it's, it's built tough out here. It's definitely like one of those things where what feels hot, too hot, and too cold uh, for people kind of depends where you're like born and raised or where you had been living for a long time. And uh, Mm -hmm. that's a really interesting thing in your case. Uh, We just discovered when we were talking off air that you are originally from the home base of this podcast here in Chicago. Pretty much. I mean, mean, if we're going to be technical, I'm actually from Poland, but I moved to Chicago when I was like two years old. There you go. Um, That counts. There you go. There you go. (laughs) But I did live in Chicago for like over 20 years. I still get like phone calls from the homies and my like family that are like, yeah, dude, it's negative 30 out here. How's San Diego? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I'm not quite acclimated to the weather out here. I definitely still kind of prefer the cold, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, um, definitely different i mean i'm sure you heard from uh friends what we just went through with a couple of like 50 below with the wind chill your pipes are gonna freeze type weather that we just went mm-hmm. through the other week so um yep that that was like one of the weeks where you're like i i need to move but at the at the same oh, time <laughs> at the same time there's like that whole like yeah born and raised in chicago like a lot of friends and family here and like it's hard, like when you when you're into your people so much, like it's like, all right, you know, I'll tolerate this shitty weather just because I like you guys so much. But remember that I don't live on the West Coast because of you, assholes. You're my best friends. <laughs> yeah, no, I like. It's actually weird because I freaking like I love Chicago fall and winter. Like I really do. Like obviously the negative thirty. Nah, I'm not trying to mess with that so much. But like honestly, Southern California was the last place I thought I was gonna live, and it just kind of happened that way. But yeah, like, yeah, everyone in Chicago is like, of all people, like, didn't think that you'd be the one to live out in the tropical area because, like, you you love this shit. And I'm like, yeah, well, I think it's hard it, to complain about living out here. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I think the ideal situation is if we could all just be, like, rolling in dough and have, like, our whole, like, winter home and our, our summer home. I, I would love to be like, yeah, I live out on the coast in the, the warm weather for the winter, mm-hmm. and then I come back to Chicago for our very brief 
uh, spring and winter, uh, spring and summer, because I, I feel like summer just comes and goes so quickly, and a lot of times seasons get skipped. I feel like we did not have a fall this year in Chicago. It just jumped from like summer's over to like, hey, like it's pretty damn cold. Like winter's starting. I was like, where where was the the leaves turning? <laughs> where was all that? Like <laughs> it was just crap weather, and it just jumped right into yeah. all of a sudden there's snow now. Oh man, like I love when people ask me like, oh, so when should I visit Chicago? Blah blah blah, and I'm like. Honestly, if you want to see some Chicagoans, like, lose their damn minds, you should visit for, like, St. Patty's Day, right, when it starts to get warmer, because it's, like, I mean, you know, like... Yeah, we've been pent up. like, 50 degrees in Chicago. Everyone's like, oh, shorts, bikinis, boom, you know, like... Yeah, yeah, like, that that's <laughs> the day. See. Like, that's the official kickoff. Like, when we've been pent up, like, indoors, getting restless all winter, and then it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter what the weather is on Patty's Day, like... No matter how sunny or cold or, or maybe rainy or whatever's gonna go on that day, like I think people are just like, hell no, whether whether meteorologically it makes sense or not, like at most I'm gonna have a hoodie on. I don't care how cold it is, and like the drinks are just gonna warm me up the rest of the way, pretty much. Yep. So uh, there is something like nice about just like being so miserable walking around outside and then getting into like a nice toasty bar and just like taking off the layers. Like there's something so good about that and then you just want to like post up and not like go anywhere else i honestly i miss that i do i do have to say like if you're at a place with a view as, as much as all the bars and breweries got the patios closed right now here in chicago uh there is something to be said that if they at least have like that big open window view of something outside mm-hmm. uh it's fun to be exactly what you said like i was just out there in that crap it was freezing cold but hey it's nice and toasty and warm here i take off some layers and like you know if there's a nice beautiful snowfall coming down as long as i don't have to walk back in it right now like i want to spend a couple hours here drinking and just looking at it that's beautiful uh-huh. that's great <laughs> yeah i feel you man so uh we mentioned definitely miss it oh yeah yeah I, I i hope you get to come back often that would be uh that would be like ideal to uh to come back and still have that winter that you that you like but you know be able to leave when you're ready oh i definitely make time to go back because like i said like all the homies are still in chicago my family is and then like Honestly, since I left Chicago, I, like, moved to San Diego a little over four years ago. Okay. And I remember, like, when I left, there weren't that many breweries. And then, like, every time I go back, there's, like, something new. And I love it, man. Like, like I'm so proud to be from Chicago, too. Like, anytime people meet me, like, out here, they're like, oh, you're not from here. I'm like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> definitely not from Southern California. Yeah, um, I, I feel like yeah. I would stick out like a sore thumb too. Like, I, it's definitely a, a place that I, I need to to visit soon because there's just been too many rough winters where I'm like, you know what? I just I need to get out to to California. Like, I, I have friends that are there. I have friends that are in Arizona, and I don't know why I'm not using that as an excuse. Like. If I had at this point, if I had if I had an acquaintance that I met like twice in those states, I'd be like, "Hey, buddy, like barely know you. Can I come visit? <laughs> just just for the excuse." Or you know, like a or like a head brewer that you're talking to on a podcast with that you know is from Chicago and brews in San Diego. I don't know. That's just an idea. Yeah, that that's actually <laughs> that's actually a great idea too. Like the, we have the the Chicago connection now, so I gotta I have to make sure I come out and visit your brewery uh, very soon, <laughs> and we'll, we'll be the best of friends. Um, you got to do it. Oh, totally. Like, I am dead serious. Like, there's too many things piling up now where I have, like, people to see and places to visit in California where I, I just mm-hmm. can't keep putting it off. And and ideally, I want to do it. Uh, I mean, I'll do it whenever, but obviously, it'd be nice to do it this time of year to, to get away from this kind of stuff. But Oh, for sure. And, like, you know, granted that, like, Chicago, obviously, the beer scene is, like, incredible in Chicago right now. There really is, like, no comparison when it just comes to, like, the amount of, like, 
outdoor beer festivals that we have, you know, in San Diego, because it's, it's just perfect weather all year round. So like, even though you can get a little bit sick of the beer festivals, like there's never like a dull month out here. So yeah. it's always a good time to visit, you know what I mean? And uh, like over here, it, it's kind of like, you know, they're all stacked on top of each other when they're outdoors, you know, in, in that yep. bracket of maybe like a three-month period. And then you've got your indoor ones, and then you've got you've got a couple that are like, hey, we're just flying in the face of conventional wisdom. Uh, you have like the Naperville Ale Fest, which they do like the, the summer session, and then they do the, hey, it's cold as hell out here, so bundle up and... Uh, you know, there's tents, you could sort of get warm, and then we've got, like, fires to huddle around, but uh, I, I've gone to both sessions of that, and the summer one was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have heat stroke, and the winter one was like, the hardest thing to get yourself to do is, like, I'm freezing cold, let me drink an ice-cold beer. I mean, it tastes wonderful, yeah, yeah. but it's total, like, you know, hot chocolate, give me something warm kind of weather, so... Yeah, like it should be a whiskey festival of anything. Yeah, that'll that'll warm you up for sure. Uh, there's one of those coming up soon at the uh, the Brookfield Zoo that I, I may go to, and you know it's still going to be cold later this month. I think it's in a couple weeks, um, but that seems like something that's that's meant to warm you up a little bit more than than a beer, I would think. Oh, for sure, the festival should just be like, all right, everybody, bring a flask with your whiskey. Everyone huddle together in a circle, be miserable, and just drink from your flask. That's the festival. <laughs> I, I mean, hey, there's a fest for everything nowadays. I'm sure, uh, you know, you, get, you give people a, a fest based around alcohol, they'll make it happen. They're, they're all big oh, enough always. fans. They'll brave the weather for yeah. sure. But, uh, alcohol so, isn't going anywhere. <laughs> but, yeah, we obviously just got, like, uh, a nice history of, of you and uh, your travels from Poland to Chicago to San Diego. Um Talk to me about it's our, it's our. It took this long to get to our first official question. You could tell we hit it off really good. We're just chatty Cathy's. I love it. First, <laughs> first official question. So, so give me your your personal history in the industry. Uh, was that something that started in Chicago, or did you not get into the beer scene and brewing until you went out to San Diego? So it's definitely a little bit of both. Like I said, like I am from Poland, so obviously Polacks love to drink, right? <laughs> um, my, <laughs> yeah, there's no, like, no surprise there. And I always tell people, I'm like, yeah, I'm so original born in Poland, moved to Chicago. Cause that's where we all flock to. Um, but my dad was kind of, he kind of like would make some like whiskey and absinthe, you know, when I was like a kid and as most, you know, houses in Chicago, we have basements. We had a bar in the basement. My dad got me drinking, you know, some like pretty good, uh, craft beer, not like, when I was like super young, but kind of starting to get into beer, you know, maybe like 18 or 19, um, nothing crazy, but he would just be like, Oh, try this. You know, this is like a Boddington's or this is like Guinness. Like he wasn't just giving me like bush light, you know what I mean? Right. So I kind of started to like, just kind of dig, uh, just like different styles of beer. And then we'll just fast forward. Uh, <laughs> I went to college at, uh, NIU okay. and I was doing my, uh, I got my bachelor's in biochem. So I was like a full biochem book nerd. I thought I was going to go into medicinal chemistry and just do all that. And I mean, you know how it is like when you're in college and you're broke as shit and you want to drink, yep. you got to find a way. I was, uh, <laughs> I was living with some of my like good guy friends at this like house in, um, in DeKalb. And, you know, we were just all broke as shit and I was like well if I can like synthesize drugs and you know whatnot for biochem I can probably make some homebrew so I just started homebrewing in college 
So you and were you were like definitely. the Walter the Walter White, but instead of instead of doing hard drugs, you're you're like, hey, let me use this this science brain that I have here. Let uh-huh. me make some craft beer. Dude, literally everyone compares me to him. They're like, have you seen Breaking Bad? I'm like, yeah, a bit. And they're just like, how have you not? Like, you are him. I'm like, that's a bit concerning because doesn't he, like, kill people or shit? But, like, yeah, that, that, I'll take that comparison. <laughs> as long as you don't go go to the later seasons of Walter White. The the early yeah. seasons, there was there was good motives uh, for, you know, taking care of the nest egg for uh, uh-huh. for the, the wife and kids. So it had good intentions. <laughs> right. There's always a good intention. That's what uh, that's what I tell people with my decisions in life in general. But uh, yeah, so, <laughs> so yeah, I was like making homebrew in college, and it was just like, it was honestly just for fun. Like I I enjoyed it. It was you know a good time. As far as like homebrewing goes, I always tell homebrewers like you're always gonna like your own homebrew because you made it. You know it's you know it's your baby. You're gonna dig it. Yeah. So anyway, at, at that point, I honestly didn't think that I would be a brewer. I always wanted to have like my own bar growing up just cause like I said, like we had the bar in the basement in Chicago and my dad's influence and you know, all that. But I really thought I was going to go into like strictly the biochem field. So then my homegirl who I went to high school with Carrie, she already was living out in California and she was like, Hey dude, just like come move out here. Like we'll just like party for a year. And I really was not into Southern California. I was more of like a Colorado chick, you know, like trying to snowboard. Anyway, she convinced me to move out here and uh, started like bartending just to get some money. And then someone got in contact with me and I actually became a distiller before I became a brewer. Okay. So I was making like moonshine, vodka, whiskey, rum, gin, all that. So yeah, I was like distilling for a hot minute. And then, like, I would say, like, eight months into me living in the San Diego, a job opened up at Culture, and then that's just that's just how it happened. It went from, like, homebrew in Chicago to bartending in San Diego, distilling in San Diego, and then finding a brewery job. So I kind of just, like, hit the ground running, honestly, because I'd only been here for, like, just over four years. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that happened very quickly for you. And uh, it did. <laughs> from the from the sounds of it, I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. If there's any part that wasn't filled in there, but uh, it sounds like where some people go to like brewing schools and stuff. You basically took your college education that was not directed toward beer and kind of like would it be fair to say sort of taught yourself and and that was enough for you to get good enough to land a head brewer job. Oh, for sure. I mean, like. It was, well, I didn't start off being a head brewer. I definitely had to work my way up. But, like, there's no denying that, like, that degree in biochem is what propelled me into my current position because a lot of people go to school for brewing out here. I kind of have mixed feelings about the brewing program depending on where you go. But, yeah, in general, like, making beer is chemistry. So, like, since I already have, like, the microbiology background and, like, I understand yeast and fermentation and like all that. It definitely made brewing so much easier as far as like diving into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely like one of those things when there's like kids that are sitting in like high school and college and they're just like, oh, like I hate these classes. Like if mm-hmm. they, if if they even had like an inkling of like I I'm going to drink uh, when I'm of age or you know let's be real before they're of age. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, let's be real. <laughs> I, I, I feel like 
there's probably a teacher out here, like the quote unquote cool teacher that was like, you know, you guys should pay attention to this shit. Like you may not care about like what the intended application is, but you could totally spin that off into, well, you know, hopefully not like meth, like Walter White, but more so beer, like, like Alex here. <laughs> um, it has its yeah. applications. And I, I think that a, a young audience in school doesn't actually realize like, Hey, this stuff that you're like, Oh, this nerd shit. Like, when am I going to use this in real life? Um, uh-huh. it's not exactly like algebra. There might be an argument with algebra, like unless you're teaching it or like doing all these like crazy formulas, like the average Joe. Yeah. Probably isn't going to use algebra ever again, but I think there's a lot of principles that you learned obviously with your degree that obviously hand in hand, uh, put you to where you are now in your current role. Oh, I can't even tell you like how many times I want to like go back to school and tell that to students like, Hey dude, I know this is super boring right now, but like, honestly, if you applied in the right way, you're just going to be getting pretty drunk for free, man. So like, <laughs> pay attention. That's like, that's like the best career day speech ever. Like you go back to, to <laughs> your, your former schools and you give that speech, but find a way to like tiptoe around it where you like you say it, but not so direct that the teacher's like, what the F? <laughs> right, exactly. Now it's, and honestly, like I said, like biochem is as a bitch of a major it was. Like I definitely cried for sure, like during exams, um, not going to lie. Uh, but <laughs> it was, it, it prepared me so much for brewing because like brewing is very technical. Like I said, there is so much chemistry involved. So it's like when I need to say like adjust the water chemistry for a certain beer so that it can taste like it came from like Southern Bavaria, Germany. Like I already have like kind of the means of like adjusting the water chem. I don't have to like read so many like articles or brewing books, but it, it's an advantage for sure. I wouldn't recommend anyone going straight into biochem in the hopes of being a brewer but i would definitely say like keep that in your back pocket definitely take those courses because it's just going to help you out in the long run yeah i mean it's a little bit more uh a little bit more applicable than like my family wanted me to go be a doctor and i quit that to be a stand-up comic like when that happens it's like Oh, <laughs> but at least in your case, even though you didn't quite go into what you thought you were going to back then, at least it doesn't feel like, oh, I flushed a whole lot of education money down the toilet. And like, no, it's, <laughs> it still has a lot to do with what you do. So that's at least uh, at least something that's really great the way it worked out. No, like my family always likes to give me a little bit of shit for it, too, because like I said, like they thought I was going to be this like, you know, big boss lady chemistry chick or whatever. And then I was like, oh, actually, I brew beer for a living. And they just looked at me and they're like, of course you did. Of course you (laughs) went into beer. And I was like, yeah. But um, there was always that dream in the back of my head, like living in Chicago, where I was like, dude, I want want a bar. But now it's turned more into like brew pub because of the actual brewing. So like, I still feel like I'm in the same vein of what I want to do. I just uh, made it a bit more difficult on myself to get here but i don't regret any of it you know what i mean like having all that knowledge is it's it's amazing honestly yeah your your story definitely sounds like a, a really fun one and uh let's jump into culture's story can you tell me how culture brewing uh was first established and then maybe kind of roll out the timeline for us how you built from the original location to now having three right so that yeah that's like a whole story we have we have three owners at the company and they basically started one of like, they were all kind of homebrewing and they all, you know, just got into contact with each other. They met, they were homebrewing together and they were just like, Hey dude, like let's do a brewery as you know, many people do out here, especially like a few years back when it wasn't 
so saturated, it was a lot easier to start a brewery. Um, so yeah, these three guys, three owners, Steve Reagan, Dennis Williams, and John Niederhofen, they got together and started a brewery and it opened in February of 2013. So that's when it was first established. Um, one of the owners, Steve, was kind of more of the brew side. So he was one of the owners, but also brewing the beer as well. And at that point, we we are a 10-barrel system as far as the actual brew house. But back then, in 2013, we had 50 barrels worth of fermentation space. So like five fermenters, and they were 10-barrel in size. Um, as we started to grow, we opened up OB in November of 2014. So like just a little over a year after the brewery was open. Okay. I had to get more fermenters. I started in 2015, so I was there when there was Solana Beach and Ocean Beach. Solana Beach is the brewery. Ocean Beach is a satellite tasting room. We, like, honestly, we just, like, kind of kept getting fermenters. So we went from 50 barrels of fermentation space to now 170 as far as fermentation space, but we're still a 10-barrel brew house. And then we opened up the Encinitas location in August of 2017, and we're looking for our fourth right now. Oh, so wow. We're, so still we've growing. Been, we're, we've been pretty busy. We're looking for four and then probably do five. And then once we hit six, we would definitely have to get a bigger production facility. Yeah. But we are pretty small. Um, but, yeah, like, as far as just opening, like I said, it was, like, these three guys that just, like, got together. They were homebrewers. They opened it up. And their business model has been genius as far as, you know, bringing in enough money to continue opening up other tasting rooms. Yeah, I mean, that's really, really cool. So, um, obviously, like in Chicago here, I think we've got, you know, some spots that, you know, are, are doing two locations. I I could be wrong. I don't think anybody's done a third yet. Maybe I maybe I could be wrong. Maybe there's somebody that has a third. But um, that's I not... I off color getting a third. Are they getting a third? Okay. I, I had not... I, I, no, I'm saying I could see it. Oh, you could see it? Because they are the bomb. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I could yeah. see them doing that for sure. So... Given that, like, it, it seems like we were talking uh, before uh, off the air, we were talking about how, like, the Chicago beer scene is just, like, exploding, but it's with, like, so many options. It's like, man, even the biggest beer fan, like, how would you ever make the time, like, to get them all? Like, it would seem like your weekends would have to be devoted to, like, beer trips to, to like, legit try them all, like, in their, their mm-hmm. brew pub or in their in their, their tasting rooms because uh, there's just so many so many tap rooms spread out all around Chicagoland and, like, the greater Illinois area. Um, so, you know, there are some that have their second location, but the fact that you guys over there have three and you're talking about we're looking for four, and yeah, we might have to get some more, uh, so a bigger operation when we get to six. Now I know maybe like in in depending on how you're you're referring to small when you say yeah we're small, but just as far as number of locations, I feel like that kind of makes you guys huge as far as just visibility in different areas. Uh, definitely, as far as like yeah, like accessibility, I would say we're one of the more well known breweries in San Diego. I don't know, it's tough to say, man. There's so many out here and like brewers are usually a little bit more like humble when it comes to their product. So I like to think that we, you know, do a good job, but like it's always crazy when someone comes up to me and they're like, Hey, like I love your brewery, I love your tasting rooms. It's like, oh damn, dude, thank you. But like once again, there are so many breweries out here and there are so many bigger breweries that I would still consider us really small. But we've just done a good job of, like, finding communities that we want to embed ourselves in. And then we build a taste room in there, and we literally become part of the community. It's not even just the beer. It's, like, the whole area is the destination, really. Right. 
I mean, like, I think that helps so much with uh, getting your product out there to different communities because uh, a lot of the time people know of you. Like, there's so many breweries where, like, a friend had some, you know, at their place or, you know, it's on tap somewhere, um, you know, or you get it at the store. And it's like, oh, man, this is good, but I, I want to actually make it to their tap room. And it's just there's so many situations like that for me where, like, I haven't been able to make it out to certain ones yet. Yeah. So the fact that you're, you know, dropping tap rooms in different parts of town uh, you know, that brings in that person that was like, oh man, like I've always heard you guys were good. Or maybe I did go there once, but it's a little bit of a hike. Well, now you opened a new location closer to me, like in my neck of the woods. That's awesome. Like, um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's the benefit there for sure. So even like, yes, as far as like the whole scale of production, you guys are small compared to other breweries. Um, just having multiple options where sp- people can go ahead, drop in and, and try your product. Um, I think that's pretty huge. So, like I said a minute ago, like relative to like in which way you're speaking, like the grand production of things. Yeah, sure. Small. But if you guys keep opening up new locations in, in that sense, at least you're like spreading your your coverage out on mm-hmm. the map. And, and that's huge, I think. For sure. And like and it's really cool, too, because like like I said, the owners have done a great job of like choosing the areas in which we open the taste room. So, like, for example, Solana Beach, the brewery is a block away from the beach. And I'm talking like San Diego blocks, not Chicago blocks. Like they're a fraction of the size. Okay. Um, so yeah, no, it's like literally a two minute walk to the beach from like where I brew. Um, and like Solana beach is like known as like the design district. So there's all these like beautiful shops on the strip and like do it yourself, you know, like pop-ups and like farmer's markets. And it's like a really like low key beach town. And then OB ocean beach is like hippie central. Like that's like one of the last like original true surf towns in San Diego. And it just kind of reeks a pot when you go in there, first of all, and it's hilarious, <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> it's like a bunch of hippies and like everyone's super chill. Like the surf is big out there. You know, everyone's like skateboarding, surfing. That's just like, that's the vibe in general. And then like Encinitas is also a beach town. Like all three are coastal beach towns. And like now- all those taste rooms are blocks from the beach. And Encinitas was uh, the most recent one to open. That was a couple years ago? That was in 2017. Yeah, so we're coming up to our two-year anniversary in August. And, like, Encinitas is more, like, younger people that kind of party more. There's more bars. But, once again, it's really close to the beach. So, like, the foot traffic in all three locations is amazing. And, like, that's kind of, I think, the driving force behind why we are successful is because, Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that we make the best beer in San Diego. So many breweries make amazing beer out here, but we definitely have some of the best locations. I read up uh, a little bit on your guys' website about this, but uh, I'll let you maybe explain it since I haven't had a visual, and unfortunately I don't have co-host Danielle here to to extrapolate on the visual she got in Ocean Beach. But um, as far as the three different locations, what would you say as far as like appearance? Cause she was raving about ocean beach and how it's so beautiful and like just the views and like she said, there's tons of dogs. So clearly like pet friendly, it sounded like, um, <laughs> Oh, super dog friendly. All three spots are now, is there like continuity, uh, between like the brewery and the other two tap rooms as far as like decor? Is it themed? Like n- not to like, to a T like, Hey, a chain of, of places like McDonald's, they all look the same inside, but like, are you mm-hmm. guys trying to keep them in the same vein or do they also have like a degree of individuality where each tap room has its unique things that are different? How would you describe them? I would say all three tap rooms in general, we do try to stay within the same theme. And honestly, the theme is super simple. So like, when you go, I'm, I'm like trying to be in Danielle's head. So she went into OB and when you walk in, 
you know, it's mainly steel and woodwork as far as, you know, the furniture. We have furniture made out of pallets, but, you know, like chairs and tables and whatnot. So it's really simple in that sense. You know, like I said, it's just steel and wood. Um, but there's like rafters up top. It's very open. It's really inviting. And then the beer board is just super simple, too. Like, I'd say 90% of the beers aren't named. They just are what the style is. Okay. So, like, you go in and you want an American Pilsner. Boom, it just says American Pilsner. Or, like, brown or blonde. But, um, yeah, as far as, like, people really dig in the taste rooms, I would say it's just because they are so simple, but, like, welcoming and relaxing. You know, there's no TVs and there's just, like, some chill music. And, like I said, it's just down the street from the beach. So the vibe in general is great. It's not just the taste room. Like I said, it's where we choose to embed our taste rooms in which communities. It's really relaxing in general. As far as, um, like how you said, you know, it's like nothing too fancy. You're like, you know, it's just like wood and steel. And But I think there's a, a certain way to to do like simplicity like that, where it just looks mm-hmm. almost like more beautiful than overcrowded, like too much going exactly. on to where it gets like tacky. Yeah. Like it's definitely sometimes like the, the beauty of simplicity, I guess you would say. Um, I For did, sure. I did see some pictures and uh, exactly what you're talking about, about like the, you know, the board with all the brews. Uh, Danielle did send me a picture of that when she was out there visiting. And I, so I know exactly what you're talking about. And uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it looked totally cool. Like on the, like the selfish side of things, I was like, you sent four pictures from this brewery. Like, can you do like a walking tour video? Cause it looks really freaking cool. And you're making me wish I was there right now. <laughs> Yeah, and we have, like, you know, we have barrels in the OB taste room and then, like, in Solana Beach, once again, like, all three taste rooms are similar in that it's, like, wood and steel. So, but, like, OB's the biggest out of the three. It's a bit more open. Solana Beach has a very nice back patio where we have, like, palm trees and, like, these big-ass planter boxes. Uh, on the patio, you can see the brewery itself. So if you're there early enough, you can see me brew, which is always fun for customers. And then, like, Encinitas is the smallest, but it has, like, some of the best art shows, I would say. Actually, I'm not going to say that because all the art shows are fantastic in all three spots. But there's, like, something kind of, like, I don't want to say, like, history about Encinitas. But once again, it's because that area in general attracts, like, the younger crowd. So you're kind of feeding off the vibes of everyone in the tasting room. So, like, each spot is very different, but... I would say, yeah, the general theme is, like, straightforward, simple, and, like, just very welcoming. It's not intimidating. You know, we, we're not a gimmicky company. We don't try to fit in any box. Right. So I would say that kind of, like, it's funny because, like, whenever people ask, like, what makes, like, our company stand out, I would say it's the simplicity and straightforwardness of it. Sometimes you just get overwhelmed with, like, all the crazy shit that's going on at other breweries. And for us, it's just like, yeah, man, come in, super dog friendly, bring your kids really chill there's no tvs uh, it's just beer and some good times you know yeah i mean basically that's what you want to be at the source of everything you got to get that right before you get any extra bells and whistles going you have to have the core experience right. lined up and perfected um as far as like the the three locations uh me not ha- having ever visited uh cali yet which is a darn shame uh, you should not you should not cross 30 and not have been in Cali once I'm I'm not yeah man I'm not living my best life in in weather related uh <laughs> areas and scenery for sure but um, yeah I'm not saying I'm judging you but you definitely should get out here yeah for for sure it's like definitely <laughs> it's definitely one of those things where uh where 
it's it's just time. Like I find a new excuse every year where it's like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. maybe maybe I'll go when blah 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 happens. It's like, no, nah, you're gonna be dead before you go. So you, <laughs> I, I gotta yeah, I gotta dude. pick up and go. Especially now having uh having done a couple of interviews with like breweries out there. Obviously, I could probably have assumed that you know every state probably has some awesome breweries, but um getting the the whole detailed guided tour audio tour from from brewers out there like now I, i've got a lot of names in my head i've, I've got a list of places i want to visit when i go so yeah it's definitely it's definitely time but uh since i'm not super familiar with like the, obviously i know of your three locations but having not been there um do you have like a, a ballpark as far as like how far spread out are they like mileage wise like is there are they relatively like distanced or like okay, can, so- can you jump around um, the, the unfortunate thing in San Diego in general is that our public transportation is kind of shit compared to Chicago's. Like there really is no comparison, Okay. but like OB is, like I said, all coastal. So it is fairly simple to get to all places. You literally just drive up North on the coast and you'll hit the next tasting room. Okay. Um, OB is probably like, mm, maybe like 15 ish miles from Solana beach. So okay. OB is the one furthest south. That's the one closest to Mexico. Okay. You've heard the south. Um, and then, yeah, like you go up like 15 miles up north on the coast, and then you hit Solana Beach. And then Encinitas is super close to us. Like, I, I would say less than four miles okay. to get to Encinitas. Um, so, yeah, Solana and Encinitas are definitely the two that are closest together. But we are pretty spread out on the coast, and we are going to try to continue going up north. But the idea is that literally just drive up the the Pacific Coast Highway or the 101 or the 1. It's, it has so many names. Yeah. You just drive up that highway and you just hit all the tasting rooms. Perfect. That's pretty much exactly where I was getting at is obviously they're all you. So it's not that drastically different of uh, mm-hmm. an experience. But but kind of what I was getting at when uh, when I was asking about like what is uh, consistent and what is unique about each tap room and then how far they're spread out. And as you just said, like travel north, you'll hit them all. And I just kind of in my mind, I'm like equating it to like when you're on like the family trip in the car and you see like the the sign that's like exit two miles ahead has this, 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 you know, like <laughs> these restaurants, these gas stations. So I just kind of feel like it would yeah. be a much more fun road trip to know like, hey, like some people like pull over at the rest stop and like that's. Uh-huh. Not not fun at all. It's just like, all right, I got to go to the bathroom. I got to buy a soda out of the vending machine. Like, it's much more fun when you're traveling north up the coast and you're like, hey, this place has a tab room. And you know what? We were stupid and we didn't stop the first two times, but here's the third one, damn it. We're going to stop. Like, that's a pretty we're cool game plan. <laughs> that's a pretty cool game plan. No. I, don't, I don't know how much that's actually the part of the game plan. But, yeah, like, if you keep working up north with the fourth location uh, and just spread them out along the coast, I think that's, like, pretty badass. That's awesome to to have. Yeah, I would say we, I think we are probably the only brewery that kind of has that model in mind of like continuously like stay on the coast and working up, you know, working our way up on the coast. Most breweries in San Diego do try to go a bit more inland, but that's because the rent is cheaper. You know, like it, that fully makes sense to me, especially if you're trying to do like major production and distribution, but we focus on the tasting rooms. We do zero distribution. Um, We don't have any accounts like the only time you find our beer in other bars is, you know, kind of more as like a, like a favor. Okay. It's like, hey, we just we really want a culture beer on tap this month, and it's like, oh yeah, sure, whatever. But we don't have like consistent accounts. We don't distribute. Um, we do can every other month, but we sell the cans out of the tasting rooms, and that's like for fun. Okay. Um, but we really focus on the tasting rooms as far as like our business model. 
cool. That was actually going to be one of my questions. So you, you touched on that. So basically, well, I think you chew it. There you go. <laughs> well, great minds think alike. Um, so yeah, so basically, any any canning canning or bottling is just for sale in the tap rooms. And then as far as distribution, that you might find yourself as, as like uh, at a bar or like I know like some breweries do like guest taps. Is that probably something you guys do once in a while as a favor? We do because we are one of the few breweries in San Diego that all of the beer is gluten reduced. So oh, nice. it's nice for, yeah, it's nice for, you know, bars to have that option. And it's funny, like, I honestly almost sometimes feel weird saying that we're like a gluten reduced brewery. Cause once again, like, that's not like our niche. Like we don't really market ourselves that way. It just we happens just, to be happy coincidence. It, exactly. And like, especially like, dude, when I moved to San Diego and everyone is, I'm not trying to generalize it, but you know, kind of, you know, most more people are health conscious out here more so like than Chicago, I'd say as far as like, Oh, we can't have gluten. We can't have wheat, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I sprinkle gluten on my deep dish pizza. Like, I don't know what you guys are talking about, but (laughs) I I think, uh, I think when you have fun in the sun, it helps like distract you from wanting food. But with Chicago being cold more often than not, like it Uh it sets us into that hibernation mode. So yeah, I know I would probably have to like live in a, in a place like Cali for a while to, to get that going. Um, like, like I've gone to Vegas several times when I'm out there, it's like, all right, like that heat kind of makes you like, they have great restaurants there, but the heat kind of makes you want to like, just get out and do stuff and not so much like pile on the pounds with, with the meals. And uh, so I feel like in Chicago, I'm always set up to fail with, uh, never having the beach bod ready because it's just like, seems to lend itself to eating here in Chicago, which we have great food. Mm -hmm. But I I think when you're in, when you're in a fun in the sun locale, I think that like basically gets you out and about and on your feet every day and and distracts from the like plopping down on the couch and just like having a feed bag strapped to you so uh for sure i I get what you're saying like you look at pictures and videos of people in california like why does everybody look like a ken doll over there and i I think i think it comes with the environment of just where you're at and and like weather it has a big thing to do with it i think because i love getting out and about but motivation so much easier when it's 80 degrees and sunny than when it's like 25 degrees and there's snow on the ground. It's like, ah, I'm going to Netflix today. Well, well, dude, that's the thing. Like, like I said before, like I did not expect to live, you know, in Southern California, but like the longer I live here, I'm like, damn dude, it's like impossible to hate it out here. Cause it's like, Oh, you want to go snowboarding? It's just a couple of hours. There's mountains. You want to go hiking? There is, you can go paddleboarding, surfing. Like the weather is usually like in the seventies. So it's not even like aggressively hot and it's not humid. It's just perfect all year round. Yeah, we definitely have, like, the ability to, like, do shit more outside than, you know, like you could in Chicago. But, like, with all that, like, in mind with, like, people, you know, being more active, they also are kind of more concerned about their diet. And like I said, like, even though we're not trying to be like, oh, well, we're gluten reduced to, you know, appease all these, like, health nuts. Like, we just do it because it makes sense, you know, like, we don't want to leave out a part of the market you know what i'm saying like there's so many people out here that don't want to consume gluten so it's like well let's just not give them an excuse when they come into the tasting room literally every single beer is safe to drink for celiacs or for people who just prefer not to have gluten in their diet yeah my uh i don't want to hear any excuses (laughs) my buddy my buddy that lives in la um he is like i forget how many years it's been now that he told me like yep celiac like i'm screwed like i used to love having myself like a a beer here and there and i used to uh love eating this and eating that and now it's like i have to be extremely careful about that stuff so 
Um, yeah. I think there's kind of like a, a stigma with like when you go to the grocery store, the liquor store, like if you're looking for gluten free stuff that also is enjoyable to drink, it probably is hard to come by. So if you have a, a brewery and a tap room that kind of, like you said, while it may not be a main focus, can give you options that actually aren't crap beer, that's amazing for people like that. And just to clarify, gluten free is very different from gluten reduced. Right. So, like, gluten-free beer has a totally different taste because of the malts that you're using, um, but gluten reduction is from an enzyme. So the beer taste doesn't taste different at all with gluten reduction, but gluten-free beer does have a different mouthfeel, body, just overall taste. I love that we just went biochem there for a minute with the enzyme. I like that oh, answer. <laughs> dude, I will fully nerd out. I actually had to give this, like, our too long presentation on how our beer is gluten reduced because like I said, like I'm back at the house for a reason. I definitely am not always the best with talking to people, but when you get me on the subject of like chemistry or beer, like I'll just geek out to the fullest. <laughs> so like I've done like, <laughs> I've done like presentations with that. And um, it's really cool because a lot of people, you know, like, and I don't blame them for not knowing this stuff, but like, you know, the more, you know, the better. So for all you people listening, gluten-free is not the same as gluten-reduced. And I'm sure that there are breweries in Chicago that do gluten reduction that are not necessarily gluten-free. So, like, right. you know, keep your eyes peeled on that because there is a difference. For sure. Um, let me ask you about this. You may have touched in it a little bit, which you would want to go with with this answer. Uh, this is usually something that I ask towards the end of an interview, but I, I kind of want to get out in front of you because I, I always have this thing where we're, like, we get on the same wavelength when I'm interviewing people and then they kind of beat me to it and say like stuff before I ask this. And then it kind of becomes like mm -hmm. a, like a recap or a rehash. So before you say too many awesome things about the brewery, I want to ask you, uh, in your opinion, what is the culture brewing company's differentiator? Cause like you touched on, like almost verbatim, uh, what we say is something you said earlier in this interview that, in every city, in every state, there are tons of amazing breweries making amazing beer. So it's not enough to be like, well, why are you guys different than the rest? And you go, we make awesome beer. Like, yeah, you and every other guy. So outside right. of the beer being quote unquote awesome, what are the, the thing or things that are like, in your mind, your guys calling card that sets you apart from the brewery down the block uh, in the next town over, in the next state over, why should people try your beer and come and have your experience in your tap room? Well, I will start off by saying, if you come to San Diego, try all of it because it's all great. But I would say kind of what sets our company apart, like I mentioned earlier, it really is like, and it's like a funny answer to give, but it is the simplicity and straightforwardness of the tasting rooms and the beers themselves. So like, like I said, you come in, if you're a, if you're just getting into craft beer and the, you know, none of the beers are named, you're not trying to decipher through these like crazy ass names or descriptions. It just says what it is. The yeah. bartenders are very helpful. So if you're like just getting into craft beer, you can walk into the tasting room. Nothing is in your face. It's just kind of like, just come up to the bar, order what you want. And it's really chill. And then for the more experienced craft beer drinker, we do like our company, we like to mix it up between very true to style and very traditional beers versus like the weird experimental beers, you know, like the funky stuff. Yeah. So for the experienced craft beer drinker, they can come to our taste room and like, if they're just like, you know what, I'm really feeling a Marzen. I haven't had a Marzen in a long time. Like we got that. 
or you want to do a beer with activated charcoal. Like we have that. It's like a weird ass beer, but we got it. Um, it is kind of hard to like give a exact reason why you are different from other breweries. But I would say in general for us, it's just, you know, like the atmosphere is very welcoming. The beer is very straightforward. The taste rooms are all coastal and it's just a relaxing atmosphere where you don't feel like pressured to, you know, like necessarily like impress like your friends or the bartenders are like, oh, well, my beer knowledge, blah, 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 you know, because we get a lot of that in San Diego in general. Yeah. Um, I would say it's just like, it's easy. You want to come and get a beer? You want to chill with your friends? Like, we are that tasting room. We're close to a lot of things. All the areas that we're at is like, like I said, it's close to the beach, other shops, other bars. And it's just, it's an easy destination to just like feel comfortable in. And I would say that that is like, maybe not, a big deal for a lot of people, but it's a nice change of pace. I, I think it's pretty a lot I, of the other gimmicky stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I think it's pretty ideal because for some people that really don't put any thought into like the answer you just gave, they're like, "Oh, well, like how is being easy and simple a way to stand out?" But it, it's exactly what I said. Sometimes less is more, and exactly mm-hmm. uh, a, a thing that I think always comes up when I talk to a lot of owners or head brewers is basically trying to be inclusive instead of exclusive because exactly what you just touched on there in your answer is that if you're just getting into craft beer, it can be intimidating when you don't know the styles and you don't know um, like the features and like, hey, like, so this is what I usually drink, like this domestic beer. If I'm trying to like ease my way in, like for lack of a better mm-hmm. term, like gateway drug my way in from like exactly, Miller, yeah. Miller Lite into like what's something that's not too crazy out there um, to just get my feet wet and maybe like, hey, this little like four and a half percent thing that's like very drinkable and easy and not going to like knock me flat on my ass because that's what I'm used to for drinking sure. domestically. And then from there, you can maybe like creep up with that alcohol content and maybe you can try something hoppier and maybe you could get crazy like uh, I'm really into sours and I know for some people they taste that and they're like that should definitely not be your first craft beer experience because I don't think there's going to be a lot of people that will be as receptive to sours if that's the first craft beer they taste they might be like this is what craft beer tastes like like no spit it out like it, it all depends on you so I definitely think your first like foray into craft should be something that transitions nicely from what you're already used to and then work your way into other stuff. And like you said, like, yeah, your stuff's not named anything crazy. Like, Hey, like our, our people that are working here can, you know, the bartender can speak to you and be like, most of these are named after exactly what they are. So I can tell Mm -hmm. you like, Hey, you're about to drink this style. Uh, this is what they typically taste like this one. It's got this little twist on it that makes it different as far as like the flavor palette or, or like mouthfeel or things like that, that, you know, you're talking about, um, I think it's good on the educational way to not be intimidating for people to feel welcome and inclusive and to dip their toe into the waters and then hopefully Lovecraft and, uh, you know, develop maybe uh, down the road into that person you referred to that's like, I know everything about craft beer. Let me tell you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's like, honestly, that's what I would say, like, I'm most proud of is like as a brewer is the fact that like, to like expand on that answer more, like the idea with all the beers that we do is that if you come into the tasting room and you don't really know what you like, there is literally one of, like, every type of variety, something close that you're going to dig. Like, oh, do you like margaritas? Are you a whiskey drinker or a wine drinker? Do you like ciders? Our beer styles are, like, so different that 
you know, dependent on your palate, even if you're not a beer drinker, we can find something that you're going to like. Yeah. You know, like we do, yeah, like IPAs, sours, stouts, lagers, like really multi beers, fruity beers, coffee beers. Like we try to do a little bit of everything. And right now we have like 20 different styles on the board. So it is very welcoming. And like I said, like if you're new to drinking, it's very simple. But if you are an experienced craft beer drinker and you want a crisp, clean American Pilsner, we like to do that kind of stuff too. And so I love that you said yeah. you have about like 20 options right now. Cause I feel like that is something that like when I talk to people is becoming more and more commonplace. Like you go to some breweries and they, you know, smaller as far as their selection and they maybe have like six types of beer at once. And like, two maybe three of them are like you know like a porter or a stouter like stuff that Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like all right like you guys only have six and then like what you have i feel like stuff's kind of in the same ballpark so it's not that like wide variety and i feel like again with being welcoming having something for everybody like if i've never had craft beer and i walk in there and like you said like do you like whiskey a lot of people it sounds really stupid it sounds silly like most people like listening to this podcast would know this but like i've run into people where it's like oh you ever ever, ever had a barrel aged beer and they don't really know what you mean by that and then like mm-hmm. do you drink whiskey and it's like okay because like this stuff will be like literally that's what it means like aged in barrels that like whether yeah. it's like whether it's like whiskey, whether it's uh, like I've had stuff that was aged in wine barrels, like, you know, whatever it is, like if it's in a wood barrel and you can age it. And so if you're not a craft beer guy, but you drink this type of liquor, hey, you might like this um, or vice versa. I have a friend who uh, in his college days had a terrible experience with whiskey. And no matter how much he tries, the the smell and taste of barrel aged beers is ruined for him. And it's a whole big section of the craft beer industry that unfortunately oh he can't yeah. partake in. So, I mean, it, it helps to have that discussion. I mean, same guy, just like me, a coffee lover. So coffee beers, like, yeah, two thumbs up. We love that stuff. So it's it's mm-hmm. really cool that a quick conversation with, you know, a patron of, of your establishment, uh, hey, you're not super familiar with craft beer? Well, tell me what you do like. And, you know, whether it doesn't even have to be like the alcohols you like. It can be like, I'm a coffee drinker. Uh, you know, what kind of fruits do you like? Because obviously there's, you know, stuff that has fruit flavors in it. There's stuff that has like hints of chocolate and vanilla and, you know, all that. So it's like you can really ask a person just in general general your taste palette not just pertaining to alcohol and uh get so Mm -hmm. much done with like having a person really get broken in quickly to learning about craft beer and enjoying it oh like one of my favorite moments is someone coming into the brewery and you know they'll come in with like a group of people and they'll be that person that's like i don't drink beer and it's like okay well chill out for a second like let's get you into it and you know you kind of talk to them and you're like what do you typically like to drink even if it's not alcoholic what do you like to drink and you figure out their palate That, I think, is the best part about brewing is just, like, introducing people into something that they honestly didn't think that they were going to like. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, like, for example, we did, like I said, we do very traditional stuff, very true to style beers, but also really experimental and kind of just trying to be a little bit weird. So, like, we've done, like, West Coast style IPAs using real pine needles for, like, Christmas time or, like, six different wildflowers for an IPA, and it's, like, Oh, are you a gin drinker? Do you like this like aromatic from the from the flowers? You might be into the wildflower IPA. Like and you kinda work around their palate and like that to me sometimes the most fun thing to do. And even though I'm not a bartender, I'll like, you know, pop behind the bar and just kinda like eavesdrop a bit and just see what's up and 
I love when our company is able to sell someone on beer that came in with zero intention to have beer like that. I think is the best moment. Now, do you guys do you guys uh, serve like anything full bar as far as like mixed drinks and wine, or is it just your beers only? Nope, just the beer that we make, and that that's also a lot of confusion. Um, there are breweries in San Diego that are brew pubs, so they can purchase beer from other breweries and serve it on tap as well as their own, but we only serve our own beer. Um, we do have, like, non-alcoholic options, you know, like root beer, water, LaCroix, or whatever, but it is just our beer. So and that, then, like, that makes it yeah. exactly like where you were going with, like, someone who had no intention of drinking beer. Um, I -hmm. feel like there's two options. You know, you come with a group of friends on a Friday, Saturday night, you're hanging out. There's, you know, eight of you or whatever. And there's the one person that does not drink beer or does not drink craft beer or whatever the problem is where like, Mm -hmm. I'm just here with my friends, but I can't participate. Like the two options are if you're in a place that, you know, Hey, we're a brewery, but we also have a full liquor license, full bar. So like, what, what do you drink? You know, you want a mixed drink, you want, you know, a glass of wine, whatever it might be, or a non-alcoholic option. But if that's not really on the table, like going to your place, it's like, all right, we got a couple non-alcoholic options and then it's all our beer. Either you're going to have a LaCroix or you're going to get like talked into like, well, tell me what you like. Just give this a try. Like, like, dude, you don't even have to buy it. Like, I'll give you a sip, like a taste just to like mm-hmm. make sure before you go waste your money. Like that, I think uh, anytime you can convert somebody, like I feel like you're doing your your job. You're going above and beyond to not try to sell that person and like convince them that hey, like, you may like this. Like, you don't know what you like in life unless you try. Uh, I feel like that's really doing your job. And, and to convert those people to to try craft beer and hopefully enjoy it, like, that's, like, probably the total, like, yes kind of moment. Like, you feel like you did For sure. what you're supposed to be doing. And especially, you know, like, there's always that talk of, like, small breweries versus macro breweries. And, like, how do you convert people into craft beer? And, like, I love when someone who is, you know, a very traditional domestic style beer drinker finds something craft that they prefer more. I always think that's great. I'm not going to shit on macro breweries. I mean, I think there's a time and a place for all beer. Like, I'm definitely not one of those craft brewers that's, like, down with, like, big production because, like I said, they have their area. It's important that we have these companies. Mm -hmm. But obviously I want to support all smaller craft breweries and just get people in the know because I, I feel like, for the less experienced beer drinker, they look at craft as like, oh, it's this like apricot, sweet, crazy ass beer, you know, that I'm not going to be into. But it's like, no, like craft can be anything. Yeah. So introducing older beer drinkers into like maybe loggers that you make that they wouldn't have tried otherwise or like new people who are just getting into the scene, like all of it is it's really cool to witness. And like, I just I really don't think alcohol is going anywhere. And even though there is a good amount of saturation with breweries and kind of across the country, not just San Diego. I think that if you're able to make people feel welcome in the taste room, that's like your number one obstacle. And I feel like we do that pretty well as a company. Yeah. And, and as much as, like you said, like it could feel like it's oversaturated. Like I know here in Chicago, I don't know if we could claim this as like an official title, but I feel like uh, maybe a month or two ago, I saw an article that maybe like kind of unofficially saying like Chicago um, or, or, you know, the greater area is kind of like the craft beer capital, just as far as like how many spots there are just popping up constantly here. And, uh, you know, whether whether you want to give us that title officially or unofficially, Um, the reason why I don't think it ever becomes a problem is everybody's doing something different and everybody wants that spot in their neighborhood. That's their go-to. 
yeah, you could branch out and go to other places, but how nice is it when a place opens up right by you that you really love and enjoy, and then mm -hmm. it becomes part of the community, and uh, that's actually a perfect way to transition. And so my next question is, uh, I see on your guys' website that you have community events, and you do like community outreach programs, and you work with nonprofits. Um, so obviously, it's nice just to have a, a place nearby in your neighborhood and community to drink. And, and get together with friends and family, but it's nice when that company goes beyond and actually uh, looks to do some positive in the community outside, away from the product, away from the beer. So uh, can you speak to like some of the people that you guys work with in the community and, and what kind of uh, events and things you do in that vein? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, like you said, I mean, we definitely focus on community once again. Like I said earlier, that's the driving force behind picking taste rooms is we want to be a part of the community. Um, each, each taste room has its own, you know, vibe and everything. But for the most part, like the first Friday of every month, for example, we have a new artist come in and they put their art up on the walls. We don't take any money from them. We don't charge them to put them, uh, the art up. We don't take any like profit from it. They're just able to showcase their art. Uh, we have like an event for them that first Friday, they leave it up all month and they just can sell their art out of the tasting room. So it's always like, you know, really cool for them. They're like the featured artists of the month. Um, so we do that. We do a lot of pop-ups, whether it's like pottery or like macrame, succulents, flower arrangements. There are so many local businesses in each community that we just, you know, want to support. So we just kind of, we just kind of give them the space of our taste rooms. Once again, we don't charge these people anything. Yeah. Uh, we don't ask anything from them. We just are like, hey, like we support you guys. Like we can give some, like maybe like some beer discounts for you know the people that are coming to your events. Like we'll work that stuff out. But yeah, like I said, we do like the artists, the pop ups, these workshops, fundraisers. You know, we're working with Make a Wish. Um, we do. We're trying to get with the San Diego Zoo. We just brewed a beer for, um, I'm sure you guys heard about those crazy wildflower, uh, wildfires in California, yeah, like Northern California. Impossible yeah. not to. So, yeah. Yeah. We just, we collaborated with Sierra Nevada as did like thousands of breweries and, you know, we all brewed a beer to give all the profits to these people. So like we really like, yeah, like we make beer, of course, like the main objective is so that people have fun, they have a good time, but really working with the communities is kind of at the top of our list and it's almost every other day that there's something going on whether it's like a local food truck or like i said these pop-ups workshops whatever we are constantly working with people and our events manager carrie does like a great job of just like making sure that each tasting room is really adding something to the community we're not just a bar that serves beer you know we we are there to help kind of thing yeah, and that's so great because I feel like uh, there are certain people, not just um, trying to get people to try craft beer, but certain people um, that because they don't drink, maybe don't see uh, the value in having a brewery in, in their community. And mm -hmm. I have to say this, um, I feel like back in the day before there was like all this technology how did people have fun? You know, like they got together, they had dinner parties, they just talked, they, you know, they played games, they did, you know, whatever. Like it was more interpersonal, like face to face. 
And it's actually cool when you can go to a brewery and not just have a beer with friends and chit chat, but actually get involved in other elements of the community that are being brought in. Uh, so whether that's, you know, a fundraiser, like, hey, like there can be a fundraiser with beer, like with Make-A-Wish or whatever, or, you know, with these wildfires raising money for that. And it's a very good cause. And it just happens to be brought to you by this brewery. That's a really cool thing. And like whatever it is that can can bring people into your brewery and just like give them uh, like a, like a place, like, uh, I believe the phrase is the, like your third space, like you have your home, your work, and then where's that other place you go to, to just kind of, you know, enjoy time with, yeah. with people like that, I think is something that breweries across America are bringing back a thing that's uh, severely lacking with everybody's relationship being like facing their phone and like on a digital level, like, oh yeah, we're friends, but we don't like hang out in person. We just talk online and text. You're like, it's so right, cool to sure. actually get together with people on that interpersonal level. And if you add the element of it being for like a good cause, that makes it all the much better. Yeah, and it's not even just like, it's not even the events that we specifically host. Cause like I said, like we do this, in all three taste rooms, but we also partner with a lot of like beer festivals in San Diego that are geared towards like a fundraiser. So like actually today our company is at Brewbies and Brewbies is a beer festival where the proceeds go to like breast cancer awareness and research. So everyone tries to brew like a pink beer. I submitted a tart strawberry rhubarb wick. Nice. Pink in color. Not every single brewery in San Diego does it, but that's, like, one of the festivals that we're just like, yeah, do this for breast cancer. We're a part of it. Um, like, another big one is, like, Best Coast Beer Festival, which is actually, I think, um, sponsored by Will Ferrell, weirdly enough. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, like, they do, um, like, cancer research for young adults, and it's called Cuck Fancer. Nice. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's not even just, like, the little – it's not even just the events we do in the taste rooms. Like we are constantly trying to give back to the community because if it wasn't for the community that we were in, we wouldn't be a company, you know? Yeah. And it's cool on like so many levels, like the purpose that that serves doing those fests, like you said, in those cases, you know, you're, you're bringing awareness and, and, you know, um, raising money for like good causes like that, but also, you know, getting your name out there, like, Hey, we're going to this fest, you know, that's over here. We're going to this fest that's over there. Um, just, letting people try your, your stuff. Uh, so you're on their, their radar. Um, I think that's a really cool thing. And as you touched on, uh, earlier in the interview, you said, you know, there's so many, because year round, it can be like outdoors pretty much so many outdoor fests out there. So, so many opportunities for this, that, um, you know, Chicago has to maybe tuck some of those fundraisers indoors for half the year. So it, mm-hmm. it just, uh, adds to the experience that you guys can do it outdoors, uh, so much more often. And, and that's gotta be a treat for everybody that lives in that area or that's visiting, also, you mentioned with the art shows, and like I think that's a, a really cool thing, a, a nice, unique niche. Is that something that you think came from like maybe somebody inside your company or like one of the owners? Do they have like a passion for art? Is it just mostly because in California there's so many artists that like are looking for a platform that would like love to be able to come and, and showcase in your tap rooms? Is it uh, like more of a personal endeavor that started this, or just because the opportunity was out there in the community with so many artists? I think it really was the opportunity, especially because, like, where the brewery first started in Solana Beach, we are known as, like, the design district, like I said earlier. So we do have a lot of shops on that street that, you know, they just display their art. And then I think it became almost like kind of like a mini collaboration at first, where it was like, hey, we love your stuff. Why don't you put it on our walls? And then it kind of sprang from there. That was never 
one of the things I think that the owners were like 100% set on when they opened the tasting rooms, like, oh, we're definitely going to have art shows. But I think it just kind of organically happened because of the areas that we live in. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's adapting to your community. Like, I definitely, yeah. you know, people people like like my friend that I reference, like, move out to L.A. because they want to, you know, they want to act or, or they want to direct and, you know, they want to make stuff like that. Um, there's different pockets of the country, like, you know, different cities where it's like, hey, this is like uh, a community that really fosters creativity and the arts and things like that. Um, so if you know that your, your brewery or your tap room is like smack dab in the middle of that, like, by all means, invite it in. You're just... Uh, growing the community and, and bringing people together that maybe otherwise wouldn't have had that outlet to put them in the same room together. So that's very, right. very cool. I mean, shit, like, honestly, we're so, like, we're one of the most dog-friendly breweries in San Diego. I think we actually got voted most dog-friendly in OB. Um, we love dogs. And honestly, I remember people by their pets and not even by their names most of the time <laughs> when they come in. I'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember your dog. Well, like, that's kind of the person I'm at. Yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> Like, we'll do, we're trying to do, like, have you seen the movie Best in Show? Yeah. Yeah, we're trying to do something like that where, you know, we host, like, a dog show thing at the brewery. Um, we're starting to sell, like, dog leashes, and, like, we want to have, like, adoption, um, like, dog adoption companies come in, and then they can, like, let people play with the, the pups, and then, you know, you can adopt them right then and there. So we definitely take advantage of that. I, there's There's so much in the area that, like, you're just you're feeding off the community once again. There's just always stuff happening. This is something I actually uh, meant to touch on earlier, but uh, I am the king of tangents and, and getting off track. But this might be a good opportunity to bring it up because it may have something to do with the title. It may not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you tell me. How did Culture Brewing get its name? Did it have anything to do with like the, the culture uh, around you guys that we're speaking of right now with community? Or are we referring to a different type of culture? So that's Oh, great question. You're like, <laughs> um, it, that, that's, say, not, that's not what it was, but that sounds great, so we'll, <laughs> we'll work it in. Right, hell yeah. Um, no, I would say definitely the, the main theme behind our name culture is that we are, like I said, we are in these communities and we form a culture with each community, different people, different areas, different vibes, and we are just a part of that. Like, we form our own culture. That is the main idea behind the name. But obviously... Um, as far as we're going to get, you know, like nerdy, we can talk about yeast culture. Yes, and that's, that's exactly like, yes, I, I, <laughs> there we go. That's why I had yeah. to ask you because I, I was just <laughs> sitting here and I'm like, all right, so there's two things it could you be. You got to know. Now you told me, yeah. what, you told me what year you started. So I was like, all right, I know she's like science nerd. So that culture, like it could be, they could have done that without her being there yet, but but maybe it's not. Maybe it's like the culture and the community around them. Maybe it's both. Maybe it's an intentional play on words for both. <laughs> so I had yeah. to ask. I had to. It's definitely a little bit of both. It is a play on words. The company was around before I my nerdy ass got there. So, um, yeah, like with yeast culture is like the old saying goes, brewers make wort, yeast makes beer. So a yeast culture is the most important thing in your brewing process. So it's, the name is definitely a little bit of both, but I I feel that the owners are more inclined to push the fact that we are a part of the culture in every community that we're embedded in. But my, like, once again, me being a nerd, I'm like, oh, dude, it's definitely yeast culture. Like, <laughs> we're all about that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 
So before I let you go, uh, I wanted to give you a chance to uh, promote any big upcoming events you guys have. Uh, and I believe you said later in the month of March, there's a, a holiday that kind of applies specifically to what you are. Can you tell us about that? Yes, yes, yes. So by the time this airs, unfortunately, you will have already missed our six-year anniversary for the brewery. But but we'll congratulate you right now anyway. Every year. We'll congratulate you, you for you. it right now. Like, yeah. In this moment, I'm congratulating you in advance. As this airs and people listen to it, I am post it happening congratulating you. But either way, there's a whole well, lot of congratulations on six years. If anyone does happen to come to Culture after the anniversary, we will still have a lot of the beers that I brewed, and I'm brewing beers specifically for the anniversary. So, like, I did a six wildflower, six hop, a wildflower IPA for six years, 666, Hail Satan. Um, the company wasn't <laughs> super sold on that, <laughs> but I also did like six different uh, Four Roses Imperial Stouts. Like those beers will probably still be on tap, you know, for like another like three weeks after the anniversary. So even if you're listening to this after and you're in the area, check out the beers. They're going to be dope. Um, but the next big event is Women's International Brew Day, which is March 8th. And obviously, me being a chick brewer, that's always a topic of conversation. But that's the next big thing we have. Any females that want to come and help me brew that day, they're more than welcome to. And, yeah, most breweries in San Diego, across the country, we all brew a beer for this day. So then you can go around to all the other breweries and try everyone's variation of the Women's Brew Day beer. That's really cool because, uh, like, we were talking uh, before we started the interview, and uh, I mentioned, I was like, you know, like, I don't want to sound, like, close-minded because I could be totally wrong. It could be different in other areas, but, you know, people that I've, uh-huh. come, come, <laughs> people I've come across, you know, so, so far in doing this this podcast and just, you know, places I go, like, on my own and enjoy a beer, uh, like, oh, yeah, that's the head brewer. And it's, like, always a dude. So it's so refreshing to know that there's a day uh, to know that, that you are over there as a head brewer because when we were setting this interview up, uh, I was told, we'll set you up with our head brewer, Alex. And so I was like, well, that could be a guy a girl and until they refer uh, to you yeah. as a she in the email and immediately when they said she i was like that's <laughs> freaking awesome like this interview got like so much better because it went from like all right talking to my first female head brewer check that's awesome oh she's from Hell chicago yeah. originally well poland to chicago like that also awesome so like it, it just could not have uh gone any better to how this this interview developed so uh it's very cool that that you and uh other females that are in the industry will be celebrated on that day and and uh, you said March 8th, correct? Yes. Perfect. And that's so. like women's, that's like International Women's Day in general. So the brew day falls on that day. Um, I know some breweries might not brew on that exact day, but I feel like even in Chicago, there's going to be breweries who are doing it on the 8th for Women's Brew Day. Right. But uh, yeah, no, it's um, it's funny too, because like you said, like, oh, Alex, like couldn't tell if it was a guy or a girl. My, uh, my other brewer, his name is Addison. And Addison is like, bearded tall dude but both of our names are like can be both genders right so like people come in all the time and they go right up to him they're like yo alex love the beer blah 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 and he's like yeah turn i'm like five foot four like i'm pretty small and they're like she's a brewer i'm like oh yeah dude uh surprise (laughs) (laughs) so it's always it's always kind of fun but um it's really cool to like celebrate all women in the industry because even though there's not a whole lot of women brewers I mean, we make up a huge fraction of the beer industry, whether it's sales or bartenders or HR or events or whatever. You know, we're, we're everywhere. So and it's think, really cool to, like, 
yeah. I think one, just one, for that. once upon a time, you know, perception, I mean, I, I think it was true to a degree and maybe some of it was just people having the wrong perception, but obviously in, in decades and, 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 you know, years to come, uh, I feel like there was like that percentage where it was like, oh, women don't drink as much as men. And definitely in like these modern times, like women, I would say just as much as men, you know, whether it's beer or other, uh, you know, enjoy, you know, drinking and it's not a dude thing to make it either. You know, in in years past, probably there were other professions that were male dominated. And I feel like it's it's so cool for like brewing to just be yet another profession that is seeing an infusion of women. And uh, that needs to continue because I I don't feel that there should be any profession uh, in the world that should be dominated by one sex or the other. It's great to see more and more people like yourself that are involved in it. And I hope to see a lot more of it. And I think that a day like this where, you know, it's celebrated brings attention to it. So maybe there's some person, you know, some female drinking a beer right now. It's like, you know what? Maybe I want to try to like get my hand into the business. And maybe that's like something that's a passion of mine that I want to get involved with. So that's really cool if it helps serve that purpose too with the the awareness of it. Oh, hell yeah. And I mean, I like that you just said that too, because there are a lot of women who want to get into, into the industry that feel really intimidated by it because it is male dominated. So is biochem. You know, there are a lot of fields that are dominated one gender versus the other, not just men, but also women, you know, and it's, it definitely is a question that creeps up a lot is like, how do I get into it? And like any females that are listening, like you are more than qualified to be in the industry, first of all. So like, you just have to apply that. That's just like, that's the main advice I give is that like, don't doubt yourself because like our palates aren't worse. Like we're able to create the beer. We're able to market it. Like I, I think it is just an intimidation factor because of numbers, but our company is actually predominantly female. And once again, that wasn't on purpose. It just kind of happened that way. Like the three owners are guys, but the three managers are women. I was actually thinking, too, that uh, following you guys on Instagram, I'm like, I see so many pictures of, uh, of females. And I was like, all right, like, I, I feel like there's a strong female presence in this brewery because that's what I tend to see mostly on the Instagram post. Are any of those you with your beers? Um, <laughs> it depends. So you might have seen the Sexy Brewers calendar picture in there. I, I, I may have missed that. I'm going to have to go back oh and find that. Oh, my God. I wish I hadn't said that now. <laughs> the, Alex, the Sexy we, uh, Brewers calendar. Oh, God. we Yeah, I've been in the Sexy Brewers calendar two years in a row, but it's usually more like a joke. Like the first year I did it, I was the cover, and everyone inside was a dude, minus like one chick was in there. And then like the most recent year we did was another female on the cover, all dudes inside and then just me. So it's like, it's kind of the ongoing joke, but, um, yeah, yeah, we're, like I said, we are predominantly female, but that was, that was an accident, you know, like once again, we're not like trying to fit ourselves into any box. It just kind of like happened that the people we hired were, were female and we do have guys that work at the company, but but we're way yeah, cooler. You, I, I you guys do, are way cooler. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I do. Yeah, we're definitely the shit. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> I do like, though, that, like, a lot of people actually don't know that the head brewer at culture is a female. But, like, the thing is, they will as now. a brewer, <laughs> but the thing is, as a brewer, dude, like, I kind of appreciate that. Because it's like, once again, we're not trying to be like, oh, come to our brewery because there's a female who makes the beer. It's like, yeah, you, hey, should, you shouldn't be coming there. 
you shouldn't be coming exactly. there to like check off a, a niche like oh i'm going to this brewery because it's like i'm curious what a, a right. female head brewer's stuff tastes like like no like a good beer is a good beer it doesn't matter who made it but it's just still cool to to make that mention that like you said when you were going through biochem that's a male-dominated thing brewers usually you know more dudes than than females in there and and the fact that you're kicking all those doors down and and you know, encouraging others to do the same and not shy away from it just because uh, it's not the norm. Well, I mean, if more people throw their their hat in there and, and start doing it, it, it should be the norm. Like, I could care less who the head brewer is other than the fact that I hope they're a great person making a great product, you know? So that's right. that's super cool. I, I, I love that that is something that you proudly represent over there. Once again, like, I, I really appreciate that the company doesn't, like, force me to be out there as a female brewer, but I know that, you know, in general, our company is very proud of that, and I just want to make good beer. Like, that's, at the end of the day, I just want to make good beer that people can come and try and make non-beer drinkers into beer drinkers. That's the goal at the end of the day. Love it. Well, I need to get out there very soon, and then uh, if you guys have stuff on site that I, I can... Uh load up and take home with me. I, I definitely would love to do that because it sounds like you make some really good beers out there. And uh, just for anybody else, like obviously uh, we've been talking for a long time and, and you've given us a ton of awesome information. I feel like I know so, so much more than I did going in um, or more than I could ever glean from your website and social media. So a lot of good uh, good nuggets and, and tidbits there. Um, if anybody needs further information, whether they live in the area and want to come out and you know visit you guys for the first time or whether they're like me and like, hey, I need a AK and Cali, and where am I going to drink when I get there? Uh, can you give us the website as well as all of your guys' social media handles that people can follow you on? Yeah, so our website is culturebrewingco.com. Really simple. And then as far as our Facebook, we have three different Facebook pages, one for each tasting room. So if you type in Culture Brewing Co. and then like dash Solana Beach or dash OB dash Encinitas, those are the three Facebook accounts that we have. And then our Instagram is just Culture Brewing Co. Really simple. Um, yeah, and then we do have a Twitter, but I don't believe we use it, so I'm not going to speak on that. But <laughs> we do have three Facebook pages and Instagram, and just culturebrewingco.com is our website. If and that has all the events, all the beers. It's got everything you need to know. If and a very awkward picture of me on the About page. <laughs> oh, you're on the About page? Well, there you go. I'll check that out, and I'll oh, find God. Your, your Instagram no, calendar. We we actually have to, like, redo the pictures because, like, the way that our company works, we have, like, three um, people that are, like, it's okay. We have three people on the brew team. We have three leads for each location, and then we have events, HR, and social media, you know, people. Uh-huh. So we have like three, six, nine. So we did this like weird photo shoot where it's like each of our faces, but then we do these like weird takeaways where it looks like we're like the Brady Bunch and we're all like doing stuff at each other. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Blair. Yeah, so we're still uploading where we just got a new website. So the pictures are still coming up. But if you want to see me look super awkward, you can go to that. Um, and yeah, if you uh, follow the Sexy Brewers calendar, you can also see some interesting stuff in there. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> oh, here we go. Got it. There you are. Alex oh, yeah. Brewer. totally looking at the oh, website no. on my are you phone right now. right now. I am looking at it right now. So, no. you, so you got the straightaway picture and then it turns to the, the sideways with the, the hand up. Very, yeah, the high five. I'm high fiving the other brewer. Excellent. Just, you know, yep. 
I love it. This is this is hilarious. Okay, yeah, I see. It's, so he turned ridiculous. so he turns the other direction to to high five mm-hmm. you. Very cool. I love the the Brady Bunch thing going on here. Everybody's doing a a great job. <laughs> and I'll, and I'll, <laughs> I'll let the team know. I'll I'll wait I'll I'll wait till later to to check out you on the the calendar for uh, for Instagram. I have to go back. I must have missed that post in my feed, but uh, that sounds funny yeah, too. Yeah, dude. Even if you just type in like. I'm trying to think. I mean, I know it's on the Facebook and the Instagram, but if you just go to like like Sexy Brewers Calendar San Diego, it should be like right there. I, um, I will use the trusty Google machine to to track it down. And all the calendars, all the profits go to charities. So like we don't take any money from that either. So yeah, and just it features, a, like a bunch of breweries in San Diego. So just another awesome cause you guys are a part of. Just keep piling them on. Oh no, yeah, we could go on for days about that stuff. We um, we really could. This is actually like one of the the most fun like conversational interviews I've ever done. But I, I feel like uh, we can't. You say that to all the interviewees, don't you? Uh, only <laughs> only the good ones. Only the good ones. Every you know what everybody everybody is the best interview I did to date, and that's never a lie. That's a very political thing to say and i appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> i like to think that uh it's less me being full of shit and more like the truth that uh the the guests and the quality of the program get better with each one that we do that's that's what i want to stick with that'll be my statement hmm. and my statement will just be i'm always full of shit so don't listen to a <laughs> word i just said <laughs> Except for the part where culture brewing is awesome. It definitely sounds that way. I need to go test the theory and go have Alex's brews myself. So I'm going to try to get there hopefully later this year, man. I got I to gotta get my travel game going because I, I only make like a trip or two a year. So one of them, one of the next ones needs to, to be out there so I can try all these awesome breweries that I'm hearing about in California. Um, it's well, not- if you're... Uh- What's up? It's not just the ones that I'm interviewing, but then everyone that I interview like name drops all their neighbors that are also amazing. So like I, I better stay for a few days and I'm going to be like running the gauntlet each day to, to taste something at each one. Yeah, I was going to say, dude, before you head out, like definitely let me know what time of year you're thinking of, too, because there's always different shit going on in San Diego based on quote to the season, even though we have like two seasons, basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, like even if you came out here in the summer, I'm going to plug some more events really quick. Go that's for what it. we do here. Um, we're doing a summer solstice sour event. And I know you said you like sour. Oh, I, that might be what I have to come yeah, for. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm brewing like probably like four to six different sours. And it's just going to be a day where it's just a bunch of sours on the summer solstice, which I think is June 21st of this year. Okay. I think 21st or 22nd, one of those days. And then we're doing, like, our own Oktoberfest in the fall. We're doing 12 Days of Christmas in the winter. There's always some shit going on. But uh, I would say, like, the best times to visit San Diego for anyone that wants to would be, uh, depending on what you like, May and June are kind of gloomy, actually. It's not super sunny here. It's called May, gray, June, gloom. It's like the marine layer. It's just always kind of gray. July is dope. August is good. September gets pretty hot. It gets like 80, which I know is nothing for Chicagoans. So yeah, I'm going to just like, shut up then. That's perfect. Yeah, for that's, me. Like, <laughs> that's perfect. No, that's, that's, that's like hot for San Diegans. We're just like, oh God, 80 degrees. What is happening? Like, 
Maybe so, maybe uh, I can put one of those together because I mean, like the the sours in June that would be up my alley. Uh, July is my birthday, and I have this impressive streak going of of not working on my birthday and also trying well trying to maybe take like a like a trip on my birthday. I like to do that uh, when I can. So I mean, there's a couple different opportunities. Uh, it sounds like I would have a fun time if I made it out there. Lots of events going on. Um, as you said a second ago, like culture brewing San Diego. There's always shit going on literally that's the, that that's, should be the slogan that's the slogan that the, <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know if the three owners will let you put it on a, on the web page but I, I like it we'll go with it for this for this podcast well, at least once yeah once again there's a reason i'm back of the house uh they don't let me say this shit to people in the front they're just like you know what you just go make the beer now okay shoot yeah yeah that that definitely sounds like the exact same thing that would happen to me if i was working in a brewery they'd be like yeah like you're awesome. That's fun. But we can't say that to everybody. So uh, <laughs> just go back there. You can, you can say it to people off the record. I mean, once again, they didn't take my Hail Satan idea for the six hop, six flower, six year anniversary beer. You know, yeah. not into it, but uh, whatever. Yeah. Teach his own. Okay. I'm still going to sell it like that. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It's be like six, six, six. And they're like, what's that? Satan? Like, no, that's uh, that's my lucky number. That's my favorite number, actually. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Six is yep. six is actually mine. I, I I don't know that I would say six hundred and sixty six, but in a way it's just uh three of my favorite numbers. So I mean I'd buy into that if you tried to sell me a beer. In that a line, way. dude. Yeah. yeah, they don't discriminate. That's what I like. Yeah, there you uh, go. <laughs> but dude, actually that beer, we are canning it, so we'll have it for a little bit if anyone who's in the area after the anniversary party wants to try it, like uh, we have a in-house designer too. So like all the cans are, uh, dude, they're sick. Like honestly, check out the Instagram with all the can designs that we've done, because I would say like, obviously I'm proud of the beer, but another big thing that people like customers always mention is that they love our can designs. So like, I would say just take a look at them because some of them are like honestly a piece of art like they're beautiful well that's like that's a powerful tool because there's two things that make me try a beer for the first time uh if i walk into a place and i'm just looking at the board i'm like no clue if it has like a funny unique name maybe like a certain play on words or a reference to something that i'm into like i will just try it based on that and then on the flip side if it's something in like a bottle or a can like if the art draws me in i'm just like that is freaking badass looking Hopefully that yeah, also dude. means it's badass tasting and let me get that. So those are like the two things. So you can't downplay how important like the art is on these things at all. It definitely draws the eye. And that's like step one to, to me taking a, a swig of that. Our guy does such a good job because like I do want the can designs to mirror what's inside, you know, like the actual beer style. And like, for example, like one of my favorite beers that I make is this American Pilsner, which is an 1860s recipe pre-prohibition. And it's honestly like one of my favorite beers. It's just super clean, nothing to hide behind. It's a good, it's a good logger. But he designed it to look super old school. Like if you look on the Instagram, it's like this like light brown color with like this like creamish uh, font, like in cursive it says pills. And it kind of looks like, think like Wrigleyville, like baseball fucking pre-prohibition. Like it's, it's so old school and it's like exactly what I pictured with the beer. Nice. And then he did like, he did like a Stranger's Things themed double hazy IPA can, which is just like this trippy can design. I don't know. See, I, wanna, I could go on and on about the can designs. You need to just like look at them because I want to see the Stranger Things one for sure. That is that on the uh, the Instagram then? Yeah, it's the double hazy IPA, and it's like it's hazy. one of those designs that's supposed to like mess with your eyes. You okay. know, where it's like the depth perception is kind of weird. All right, I like um, that. 
Yeah, yeah. We did like a Mexican lager and it's designed as a Mexican blanket. We did the wildflower IPA and it's just, dude, the cans are sick. Like, like I'm nerding out I, on this stuff right now. We're like, we're on the 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 same uh, same wavelength with like the stuff that we we get off on, like like little stupid stuff to other people. Like I definitely yeah. am big on the art. <laughs> like you're sitting here saying there's a Stranger Things can. I have to check that out because I geeked out when a local brewery over here had a a beer named after Stranger Things. Uh, they had a, a beer that was called Friends Don't Lie, but obviously they weren't canning it, so there was no art to go with. So the fact that you guys have art to go with your reference, like that's that's big for me. Then you mentioned Mexican blanket, and it's freezing cold in Chicago. The past couple weeks so i totally had my mexican blanket going uh shout Hell out yeah shout out to uh to family friends that uh that go back and visit home in mexico because that's how i got that one i was super authentic dude well if you're gonna dig that i have a feeling you might enjoy this too so i am obsessed with rick and morty as a lot of people are like i've been watching that shit since it came out i'm super obsessed so i've been naming beers after rick and morty you know quotes or whatever i did a beer called baby legs have you seen the interdimensional cable episode? It's just like a bunch of nonsense. Like Rick and Morty are watching these like commercials that are from different dimensions and they make zero sense. And like one of the commercials is for this like detective crime show. And like one of the detectives has like little baby legs and he can't like, he can't do shit because he's got little baby legs. Um, so we named the beer a session IPA because it's lower in alcohol. We named it baby legs and our can designer designed the entire can to look like the portal like the green portal yeah and it's called baby legs so that's like you know for the morty nerds this is awesome one of the things yeah, like, yeah. Even though, even though it's not like specifically my thing, that's like exactly what I'm talking about. Is when a, a beer name or art or both like references something like that, it's just like immediately like puts a smile on your face and is like, I need to try that beer. And and if the beer is just as amazing as the reference, well, there you go. It goes hand in yeah. hand. It's perfect. Oh, dude, I've done, like, SNL references, like, with Will Ferrell for, like, can names. Like I said, like, we don't really name our beer, but sometimes, like, before, like, canning or, like, beer competitions, I'll just say, like, fuck it and just name something. Yeah. But for the most part, the beer isn't named, but... Sometimes I can't pass up the opportunity because they're just too perfect. <laughs> well, I, I do have to say, I, you between like the nerddom in this interview and, and the good content about the beer and the events and, and everything that we've touched on, uh, I'll go back to our our unofficial tagline for for you that that we've come up with: culture brewing. There's shit going on here. Uh, so to check out, <laughs> so to check out all that shit, you know, there, cause there, there's always shit going on, guys. So for all the latest, literally always. For, for all the latest stuff, go to the website, go to the Instagram, go to the three Facebook pages. Um, you know, whether you're listening to this locally or abroad in uh, in one of the other states uh, and you're like me and you're looking for something to do when you go to Cali, Culture Brewing should be on that list. Go to one of the tap rooms, go to all three. Uh, who am I? You do whatever you want with your time in Cali, but Culture Brewing should definitely be uh, one of the things on the agenda. Uh, we've been talking to head brewer at Culture Alex Kostka, Alex, thank you so much for your time today. Like we've been gabbing for hours and uh, it's cool to meet somebody that I think has the same like humor and uh, a lot of the same like interest and values and stuff and is like a, a nerd and uh, whether it's beer nerd or whether it's cartoon nerd, it, it's all there. So it's uh, been a pleasure talking to you. I really do hope I get to come down there, try some of your beers and meet you in person sometime this year. That would be amazing. No, dude, thank you honestly so much for having us. Like I'm flattered that you know, of all the California breweries, you know, we're one of the ones that you decided to interview. And like, it's been real. Like I was, you know, 
super nervous to do this because I'm like, I don't translate well on this kind of stuff, but like, thank you for showing culture in a good light. Like you, you killed it as well. So props to you. And, and you found out that like, I pretty much just like have some equipment and a voice and like this podcast does not take itself overly seriously at all. So as soon as you were no, like, dude, I dig it. as soon as you were like, <laughs> uh, I'm like back of the house, man, I don't know if I was the right person to throw at you for this interview. I was like, Oh, this is going to be perfect. Those are the best interviews because I, I don't want to say I'm not professional. I'm professional, <laughs> but you know, there's there's like the podcast that you like listen to that have like a big company and gobs of money and like all this stuff thrown at it, where it's just like, yeah, the celebrity talks and then all the people shine it up and make it sound like a million bucks. And I'm over here trying to get as close as that with my own like sweat and and shoestring budget. So uh, right. as, as soon as I knew that you were going to be a down-to-earth girl, I was like, yes, because this is a down-to-earth podcast. This is going to work very well. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. And like, shout out to Danielle for like hitting up culture in the first place. Yeah. Bummed that, you know, she couldn't be here. But This interview is happening because of her. But you know what? Like between uh, talking to you now and talking to uh, Dan Kelly at Refuge on the last episode uh, of the podcast, uh, we definitely should like get you guys on again. Uh, either like California beer conference call uh, roundtable type thing. Or, you know, if, <laughs> if we make it down there in person, one of us uh, or, or both of us like at the same time would love to like I I've got portable equipment. I'd love to sit down and chat beer with you again. It would be a blast. Dude, I'm super into it. Like, definitely don't be a stranger. Come visit. We're going to have a good time. Like, I, I know it. <laughs> Darn tootin'. That's what I say. All Darn right. tootin'. <laughs> Darn tootin'. Yeah, I've, I've, that's, another, that's another thing I do. I say really old phrases that get ingrained in my brain from my dad. Like, that's stuff my dad said. Now I'm becoming him. Oh, yeah, I do. I love to slap my knee when something's funny as shit. Oh, you know, just like... But 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 you have to take funny. it. You have to take it another level, though. You have to verbalize that it's a knee slapper. That's what makes it even better. Oh, obviously, man. Like the weirder I can make the situation, the better. Like. <laughs> All right. So th that's the game plan. I, I, I'm going to come to California. Right, cool. Maybe I can get Danielle to to make her schedule work that we can go do some podcast biz down there with you, and uh, we'll just uh, we'll just show up and we'll be like, let's get weird. That's the that's the goal. Sounds good, pooch. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, thank you again so much, man. It's been a blast. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Ah, yes. Alex Kostka of Culture Brewing Company. The only thing better than your beer is the coastal views from your tap rooms. When it comes to charity calendars and brewing, you don't have baby legs. And so we say... Here's to you, Alex. Here's to you. For all of our latest show info, like upcoming interviews and guests, visit facebook.com slash awdpodcast and like us today. I hope we can be friends. We're friends to the end, remember? Well, that's it and that's all. Tune in next time where I will guarantee two things. A co-host and or guest will join me in studio, and we will finally, after several episodes, have the long-awaited return of our 99 Bottles segment. We'll also have a winner in the 2019 AWD Craft Madness Tournament, so please be sure to keep voting on that via our Facebook at AWD Podcast and Twitter at AWD Pod. We very much appreciate your participation over the past month, 
a simply overwhelming amount of votes and traffic on our websites and uh, a lot of new followers. And we really can't say enough about how much of a success this has been so far. Thanks to you, the listener. Thanks to you, the social media follower. So thumbs up to you guys. Really, really cool of you all. And as a parting shot, we do want you to celebrate Women's Brew Day and St. Patty's Day. But please, do so responsibly. Don't drink and drive. Be good to each other out there. And we'll see you fools in April. And that's going to do it for this episode of AWD. Be sure to follow us on social media for bonus content and all the latest show news and announcements. This has been the After Work Drinks Podcast. Until next time. Cheers. Hey man, I need a strong drink. But first, I need to sneak out of work real fast. Uh, kick the shit off like a wedding crash. Hit my computer off. I slide past my boss. I will be tossed. If I'm caught again, well, fuck it. I'm on the cell phone calling all my friends. How we do? People say I got hex games for brains. Cause the way I live my life, I must be insane. But life's an adventure. I just ride it out. Live in the moment. Might die tomorrow. Relax. I don't write this song to make it back. I wrote the song because works out. Man, it's time to drink. You know.